Hey guys, thank you for joining us this week. We have our passages that we'll be reading. The first one is going to be in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Next we have 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. And it says, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Finally, the last passage we have is Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on the day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So these are the three passages we'll be thinking about today, revolving our thoughts around today. And we're dealing with the question today of um, what are qualities of a strong church? You know, the church is something that's important that we've lost its value on. Many today don't consider it even important to go to a church. People watch church online or uh, feel like my spiritual life is fine without a church. But the church was something ordained by God, created with a purpose. And I think if God had that intentionality and purpose with the church, I think we should be we should be mindful as well about what are qualities of a church that are important. And so we spent some time this week reflecting. I, we posted it last week. But the question of what are qualities of a strong church, and that's what we're going to take, take a few minutes to think about. For anyone online that's engaging, I would love for you to write some things down and hopefully get your mind going as we prepare to dive into the Word. The commitment of the members towards the mission plays a big role, I think, in the strength of a church. So we look, the first word is commitment. When you think of commitment, what? yeah, staying on task. What are some of the big commitments people make in their lifetime? Marriage. Marriage, okay, good. Commitment is the idea of, well, let's look at the definition of commitment. Commitment is a state of being dedicated to a cause. I want you to think, church is not about you coming and just attending something. It's your dedication to a cause. And that, I think that reframes how we think about church. A lot of you, when it's like, I just want to come, like, you know, does it work out for me? Does this fit my family? You know what I mean? No, it's are you dedicated to the cause of the church? That should be your question about when you attend a church. And we continue, 
It's an ob, this is the second definition. This is literally from Google. The second definition or second part of it says an obligation that restricts freedom of action. So you think the idea of commitment is you're saying, I don't get to do everything I want to do anymore. I'm committing to this group, this idea towards something more, towards something better. That's exactly what the Acts Church did. It's the first word is they devoted themselves. So they had a supernatural experience with God. Think about that. You literally see tongues of fire on your head. Man, can you imagine how wonderful that experience must have been? They had this beautiful heavenly experience. And then he, Peter preaches up and preaches this word that brings so much conviction. And what was the next thing they did? They didn't say, okay, we need to do another song right now. They didn't say, let's just sit here right now and just enjoy this. What did they do? They devoted themselves. They made a commitment. So real church to me is committing to something. And it's committing to something more than you. Look at what they committed towards. They committed towards the apostles' teaching. Which means, think about that. They, every day, you know, there's an everyday thing. They were committed to the teaching of the apostles. Meaning, your mind is going to change. When you learn a teaching from someone else, your way of thinking changes towards that way. You understand, like, commitment is not like, okay, I come here on Sunday and I feel really good and I go on my way. It's you are changing yourself towards the mission. That's what it means to be a member of a church. So they, daily they spent time thinking about the apostles' teaching. They sold property and possessions. They sacrificed. When you're committed towards something, you sacrifice yourself. You sacrifice your things. You sacrifice your possessions and your time for something bigger. But that's not the way we think about church. We think about what, what am I getting out of church? No, it is a group of people committed together towards something more. There was a story I heard this week that helps define the exam or define commitment also pretty well. So a boy went to his dad and it was breakfast time and his, the boy asked his dad, Dad, what is commitment? And so the dad thought about it for a second and he told his son, son, look down at your plate. And in his meal, he had eggs that morning and ham. And he said, the chicken contributed to your meal. The ham committed. <laughs> oh, the pig, whatever. Yeah, the pig, I apologize. <laughs> the chicken contributed, the pig committed. Right? That's the difference. We like to contribute. We like to give something of ourselves. But commitment is giving all of yourself. And, you know, this story, I was hearing it this week on a motivational talk. And he was saying this is what a swim coach was telling his, their team. And I'm t encouraging you. That's what a church is, legitimately. It is a group who are all in towards the mission together. And here's the crazy thing. I think when you do that, so when an individual commits towards a mission, you impact people. But when a group commits towards a mission, you impact communities. You impact neighborhoods, cities, and states for something bigger than you. And I'll give you, I had a small glimpse of this, and I'll share this, and I'll get into a few more points that I have. So um, one of the things 
I think one of my, the visions of my life is I want to live out Christian life honestly. I want to live it out in a way that people say, there's something wrong with this guy. He has something crazy in him. And so that's only, like, I want to love like Jesus did. He loved so sacrificially. Who gives up their life for someone else? So one thing I've, I decided to do was pay for someone behind me in line. And I've mentioned this, I'm sure, in the past, but I'll mention it again. So my grandmother always loved the $1 chicken sandwiches. I, we tried to get her the nice one, but she only wanted the $1 one. So I, I remember buying her the nice one, and she was like, this is too much. So I got her the $1 ones, and I was so happy, because I was like, I, she was so happy. She loved it with extra mayonnaise. <laughs> she was in heaven. And so I would buy the $1. It was like a dollar seven, And then I would think, oh, okay, since it's only a dollar, I can pay for someone behind me. And this is something I started to do. And I remember the first time I did it, the lady's like, do you know that person? I was like, no. And I was like, why are you doing this? And I was like, I just want to bless their life. And she was like, wow, like God bless you. And it's so interesting. Like I don't even bring God up, but God comes up in that conversation. Anytime I do that, God always comes up. So I preached this message once and it was really cool. I was preaching at that time and I shared that. And one of the guys later that week texted me, uh, his name is Blessin, shout out to Blessin. And he texted me saying, hey, Sam, I did the same thing. I was at the AMC near the Wendy's and I did the same thing. And I was like, man, that's amazing. You know what I mean? We're making an impact. Well, the next week, Amachi asked me again for Wendy's. And so the same routine happened. I paid $1.07. And then I was like, can I pay for the person behind me? And the lady there was the same manager. She said, what is wrong with you Indian people? (laughs) Why do you keep paying for other people? (laughs) And it made me so happy. It made me happy because it was like, a group of people were choosing to be different than the world. The world says, let me hold to myself. Christ says, let me give to others. And when we do that, the world looks at us and wonders, what's wrong? And now I imagine, what if 150 people did that? Right? What if people would be like, what is wrong with you? But that's because something was done to us. We just want to do it to others. So I want to challenge you The strength of a church, honestly, is when the people are committed to the mission. This is bigger than you. This is bigger than you. So I'm going to just say this too. One thing I've learned is that um, if, just like I said at the beginning, if you're not committed to the mission, you're committed to something nonetheless. So we're going to look at what people are normally committed to. Normally, people are committed to themselves. All people think about today is themselves. We look at this, uh, for those online, this, it's a teeter, seesaw is the right word. And on one day, we see all these nice qualities like integrity, equality, justice, virtue, and honor. On the other side is self-interest. And today, everyone is sitting on self-interest. We live in a world today is where your truth is the most important thing. What your feelings matter so much. Oh, your truth, your feelings. You know, I hear this so much in my students. (laughs) What you feel is the most important thing. And one thing I learned is that your feelings many times go in contrast to commitment. When you want something and you are the focus, you can't commit to something more than yourself. Think about this today. Even you think about marriages. You know... One in two marriages today end in divorce. Why is that? It's because we think about ourselves, right? And that's people who are married. 
There's still so many living together. I'm thinking if everyone who lived together were married, that number would probably be 70, 80. Because we are in a generation today's what I feel is the most important thing. And I want to challenge you, if you're interested in really committing to something bigger, you can't be consumed with your feelings. You got to be consumed with something bigger. I was listening to a testimony yesterday by Jackie Perry Hill. And she was talking about like in her young days, she was she had homosexual tendencies. She had like attractions towards same sex. And she said when she was in high school, she lived into it. She said, you know, I was a rebellious. I was in a rebellious stage and she started dating girls. She was a woman. She started dating girls. And she said one quote that stuck. And even I was watching a reaction video, even the guy, it paused him. It said, you know, I was happy in the moment but I didn't have any joy. Like we end up doing all of these things for ourselves, but there's no satisfaction at the end of it. I want to tell you, you are so focused on yourself, yet we are more lost today than ever. Anxiety and depression have gone up. It is 30% now. And for people 18 through 24, I was looking at the numbers. This is from a study and I can send you the link. It's at 50%. And from 25 to 49, it was 39%. So many people have anxiety, worry, depression, no satisfaction. You know why? Because all you're doing is looking at yourself. What do I want? What do I want? And God says, I want you to think differently. The sad part is that culture of what I want permeates into the church. When people come to church, they think, okay, are you feeding me? Do you have all of the things that I need in this church? Okay, then I'll commit to the church. No, it is, do you commit to the mission of the church is what I want you to think about. Because that's the point. Church is not about you. We have made church today about us when it's not about you. This is about God and you living into the fullness of your calling. So if you're interested in that change, Shift your perspective. So you might ask, okay, how do you know if I'm someone that is selfish in my approach towards church? Think about how you reflect on church. Do you think about, was I fed today? Did that meet my needs? If that's the way you think about it, you might be leaning towards being selfish when you come to church. We even see the scripture, you know, that we started with. You know, there's going to come a time when people won't want to put up with sound doctrine. Instead, what will they want? They want to suit their own desires. You see, the scriptures even warns us about this. We're in that time today. All people want is what they want. They will gather around a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. So I want to challenge you. Commit and don't, ne- don't commit to yourselves. We continue. The second I think that people, that can, that what they can commit to is to the organization. I think many today can be focused, uh, they can love the church, but not what the church stands for. They're interested in the social nature of church. Meaning what? I, I had an example of this, and you know I have a picture up here of meetings. People love meetings and programs and things like that about the church, but they're not interested in the actual what the church stands for. 
I have a friend of mine who volunteers at church. And I ask him, like, okay, like, you know, he does everything. He helps set up chairs. He gets coffees for the pastors, like, does everything for the church, running around the entire time. And I ask him, okay, so what did you g- gain from service this Sunday? Like, what did the preacher talk about? He's like, honestly, I don't really remember. And I was like, were you even listening? He's like, no, I was just running around helping and things like that. And, you know, to a certain degree, I think that's important and that's good. But the church and the things that you do in church is not what's important, right? The mission of the church is what matters. We look, you know, in this example from Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, I, I think about the people who are, love the organization of church, the social nature of church, and not the mission of the church. These are going to be these people. God, I did everything in the church meeting. I got all of the food for people. I set up all the chairs. God, I was serving. And God's going to say, away from me. I never knew you. The sad part of this group is, you know, at least the first group, they didn't even go to church. So they didn't have a sense of getting to heaven. The second group thinks they're going to heaven and they are the most lost. They are so close to God, yet so far from God. So don't get caught up in the organization of church and the programs of church. What instead should you be caught in? And that is be committed to the mission of the church. What is the church trying to do? When you become committed to the mission, it's a di- it goes to a different level. You look in Acts chapter 2, these people were committed to the mission. Amen. They were dedicated to teaching. Do you, and here's another thing. You, know, you want to know if you're someone that understands the mission of your church? Be, can you even name the mission of your church? I think that's a good indication if you're living into the mission of the church. What was their mission? Well, let me ask you, what happened in Matthew chapter 28? Matthew chapter 28, it was the great. And what did he say? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. They had a clear idea what their mission was. God, whatever you need of us, we're going to do. And so in all of this, they're sacrificing. They're giving up themselves. They are, they are selling their possessions. And at the very end of it, what does it say? And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So it's interesting. They had a clear idea what they were doing. I want to encourage you, have a clear idea. When you go to church, have a clear idea, what is my mission? And I want to encourage you, let me contrast this from my first point about being committed to yourself. When you commit to something bigger than you, there is a meaning in life that is so much more. You know why so many are lost today? Like I said, they're only thinking about themselves. The second you go towards something bigger, you have a purpose. You have a reason to live. You have something bigger than you. So commit. You don't even have, you know, I'll say this. This is not my plug to you to commit to this place. Commit somewhere. Commit fully somewhere towards a mission that you can buy into. And give of yourself to God because that's what a strong church is. And that's what a strong believer is. Just to give a little bit about what our mission is. You know, our mission is, uh, hopefully y'all are getting it as we go week by week, but what is it? To look more and more like Jesus. I want us not to just look, but I want us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. 
Genuinely, that's what I hope for. Everyone here, I hope that's what you guys long for. That you will want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Because now more than ever, the world needs that. So one week I was talking about taking care of the orphans and the widows. So my mom actually went to the nursing home near our house. And she's been going Saturday mornings there. And she was talking about, man, those people like, so like only a few people come, but they love when someone comes to sing with them and to read a few passages. Like just the, the joy, they have, they're happy when someone does that for them. And then since my mom went, by default, my dad ended up going after, for a few weeks after, after that. And my dad was like moved by it. Like seeing these people so out and, you know, coming to get some time to worship was a joy. But the coolest thing for me is hearing that our church helped spur them into that action. You know, that to me is a victory in our church. That, they've been doing that probably eight weeks, two months now. They've been going every Saturday. And to me, that is the greatest victory that we can have. That each one of us, our mission is to look like Jesus. And that you take that wherever you go. And the way that I'll know that we're doing this is that there are stories that are going to come from it. You know what I mean? That, like, that's the most beautiful thing. My parents come back and tell me the stories. So I want to encourage you, don't just commit to yourself. Don't commit to the organization. Commit to the mission of the church. I'll give you an example of this. Even as I was preparing, um, preparing my sermon, I went to go lift some weights. And I was in the school gym and I was lifting some weights and these guys were working there. And so I always just say hi to people. And this random guy like by himself walks in and I said, hey. And he said, hey, I said, how are you doing today? And he just literally keeps walking. And he's like, kind of like, he's a chubby guy. He had a big beard. Um, I was like, yeah, hear me? I was like, how are you doing? And he didn't say anything. So I was like, yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? And I, I ended up finishing the conversation. For him. <laughs> I, I, and I know he heard me because he said hi to me. So then I was like, is something wrong with him? <laughs> like, I was just, I got super offended. I was like, you heard me. Why don't you say something back to me? And then I started like lifting some more weights and I look over and he's like looking at me. I'm like, what are you looking at? Like, <laughs> oh, you got a, like, you got a problem? And I'm like ready to fight. I was literally going to go up to him and be like, Excuse me, sir. I was like, excuse me, sir. Is there something wrong? Like, I, I was going to. But then I was like, what? Like, what is the mission of our church? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that's literally, literally the opposite of what I was doing. So I felt super convicted. I was like, and so when I tell you to commit to the mission, I'm not saying, okay, let's all sell everything. And I need you to add 10 more things onto your plate right now. I'm saying, where you go, can you be Jesus? So I literally looked at it and I was like, man, I, but the conviction God gave me is go pray for the guy. I'm like, no, like, you need to. But I was like, okay. And I ended up, as I walked there, like, as I, I was like, let me do one more set. And as I did my last set, the guy walked out. So I got out of not praying for him, but I felt like that's what I needed to do. And so it was interesting. You know, if I see him again, I'll pray for him. But it made me think, you know, where we go and what we do can be a place where we really bring Jesus. And so that's just my challenge to you. Commit yourself to this mission. This is our mission. 
Our mission is we want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus wherever we go. Whether it's going to a nursing home and going out of our way in our time, whether that's loving the person that may look at us the wrong way. Like it, is, it is everywhere. It's all-consuming. And here's my hope that as we start living this and as these stories come, it's like we become a movement. We become a movement where the manager looks at us and says, what is wrong with all of you people? And we can say, we have a focus that's not of this world. We have a God who loved us and we just want to do the same for you. And so we're going to get into a time of the Lord's table. And as we do that, you know, I want, you know, as I wrap up my message, I want you to just think about for yourself, where is your commitment in your day-to-day life? Are you someone that commits to yourself or are you someone that commits to the, the greater mission that God has for us? And if you're going to commit to a greater mission, it's going to be hard. But I will say that it's worth it. Your life has a different level of purpose and meaning when you commit to something more. If you have discouragement and you're like, I don't know how to do this, look to Jesus. As we're about to partake of the Lord's table, we always look to Jesus. You know, this week I've been spending time just thanking God for the, everything he did for us. You know, he did not have to die on the cross for us. He could have easily, you know, you look in the garden at Gethsemane and you see Jesus so filled with anguish and pain. And he could have said, God, I don't care to do this. He could have walked away. Yet for your and my sake, he did it. He did it to commit to God's call. And so as we partake of the Lord's table together. My challenge for you today is this. Commit. Just like Jesus committed towards something bigger, commit yourself to a bigger mission.